it is said that the only thing predictable about life is its unpredictability and uh, human as human beings we are scared of it because we want life to follow the turn of our mental planning but this unpredictability is actually a big boon because it allows god's space to act what we call as destiny at one level there are so many ways to look at destiny one of them is it is god's corrective <laughs> to our humanity <laughs> because of our, our life takes a certain course certain route and as a corrective there comes the touch of god it's not sometimes we like it sometimes we don't like it but much later when we look at it we discover how it was a divine intervention and when we take to yoga we know how this unpredictability becomes almost a law it becomes a law in another way in a very beautiful way because more and more one sees the divine mother's touch molding our life in all the details in every event and circumstance so today also we had planned to make it predictable that we'll show some video but something else happened nothing wrong with the video or the um, uh, arrangement dear sushil had made everything ready everything was fine but for two days i went to shillong it was a very personal something and as is our nature that wherever we all go we want to connect in some way to mother and shirbindo and shillong has a very very deep connection to shirbindo as we all know that milani devi shirbindo's wife was born there so it's something very special so since i went there it has been in my head <laughs> i went to see her place of course uh, in her place now it's a um, church which has come up um, basically shillong has a very largely a christian population the khasi tribes very nice people most of them christians converted because of uh, missionary zeal that's a different story but lot of churches and things like that so in in her place also there is a church and i was also told when i went to visit the center there it there is a relic center that milani devi used to come here and pluck flowers now i don't know whether this story is true or not but i like to believe stories which carry a touch of the divinity in it it's so beautiful to feel that in all likelihood she came here so since then i have been thinking that we should read something on milani devi and then while i was there two questions i received through mail one of them was directly about milani devi <laughs> so it was like it was coming from all sides and then i couldn't resist i thought today we should definitely read a lot of people ask why shirbindo left milani devi the straight answer is that he never left milani devi this is the this is the answer as we shall see just as the mother never left in fact if they were to leave then we know that story from ramayana that what happens if god were to leave someone that you know taking the name of rama when all the monkeys were putting stones they would float on the ocean so rama who is a witness to this wonders so he comes at night quietly when nobody is around and he picks up a stone and puts it in the sea and the stone plop drowns see wonders he picks up another stone and puts it and it drowns 
taking the name of rama the stones are floating but when rama himself is leaving it it's drowning so hanuman is watching ever at the service of the lord vigilant he comes there and says lord don't be perplexed you won't understand this mystery but i understand there are some mysteries which only human beings understand so he says what is it rama uh, what is it hanuman why these stones are drowning the moment i leave them so hanuman said what else can be the fate of something which you leave if you leave it it's bound to drown so mother and shivinda we see they never left anyone so this to start with the question is a non starter that shivinda left mrilani devi shivinda did not leave mrilani devi even after she left her body we shall see that you know what what really it means and through that human love last time we also read or passingly referred to nalnidas article on to love man and how shivinda says that when you discover the universal shakti you don't abandon the partial shakti you take it up and it gets more fulfilled so you don't leave nationalism when you speak about the international consciousness they are all necessary in the totality of life it's a complex web where there is a play of shakti at every element from the atom to the galaxies that's how the ishupanishad says jagat yam jagat but there are partial shaktis they are in partial play all that have to be taken up and integrated into a new life so that we find in shubindos this side this part of his life on lalni devi and we are very fortunate to have niruddas talks where he has collected lot of material which otherwise would take um lot of effort to collect it it's very unfortunate this book is no more available so i had to take it from shabda uh, as one one of the library copies and of course i have a soft copy again if somebody is keen interested please let me know i can mail the soft copy because it's no more available on sale so i read portions of it so shirobindo we know that comes up and takes a job in baroda and then a time comes when there is a proposal for his marriage he was 29 and milanli devi as we know was 14 when they got married so shivindu puts an advertisement in a calcutta paper and this advertisement is very interesting the advertisement in a calcutta paper that he would marry a girl of a hindu family according to hindu rites this is very strange why would shirbindu speak about a hindu girl from a hindu rite what did he mean by this and we find a clue in one of his essays where he speaks about bankim chandra shirbindu writes about bankim chand the social reformer gazing of course through the admirable pair of spectacles given to him by the calcutta university can find nothing excellent in hindu life so this was the time when he reveals the deeper truth behind what the hindu dharma is he says calcutta spectacle even those days the intellectual pride the arrogance that you know with that if you see you can't find anything spectacular except its cheapness or in hindu women 
accept her subservience. So this is how people say, oh, Hindu woman, like a doormat. But Shurabindu didn't see her like that. He saw something very different. Beyond this, he sees only its narrowness and her ignorance. But Bankim had the eye of a poet and saw much deeper than this. He saw what was beautiful and sweet and gracious in Hindu life and what was lovely and noble in Hindu woman, her deep heart of emotion, her steadfastness, tenderness and lovableness. Shubhinda brings out these qualities in Savitri when he describes the human side of Savitri that she would not spare the effort of the jar and the well. Whatever she could undertake, she would do it. She would not allow anybody else to do it because even her grief she would not speak to others because this was her strength. In fact, in her woman's soul and all this we find burning in his pages and made diviner by the touch of a poet and an artist. So we see this aspect. In fact, when we know that in India, this is a unique concept because people worship gods and there are so many paths to yoga. But can human love become a path to yoga? It's only in Indian thought that we see it's lifted to that height in the conception of sati. Of course, there were no satas. Man could not practice this degree of love, but a woman could. And when mother saw this uh, story of Sati Anusuya, there was a film shown in playground, mother was very happy. She said, yes, only human beings can love like this, even the gods cannot love, because they have a psychic being. It was the story of psychic love, where the psychic love can lift somebody to what pinnacles? This is something accessible at a very human level. It's a yoga within the reach of man. Of course, one has to understand the limitations. It cannot take beyond to the supramental transformation. But it's possible at least to realize this kind of a psychic love which we see in Shurabindo's life. So, we know that they got married in 2000, uh, in 1901 and then uh, even spent a few months in Nainital. But eventually, Mrilani Devi hardly stayed with him. She came to Baroda, but for a short while, then she would go. Much of her time would be stand, spent between Shillong, her parents' place, and um, Devgar. That was Shurbindo's mama's or nana, as we like, maternal uncle's place. This is where she was spending her time. Later on, she would come at times to Kolkata. But through all these 14 years of married life, or 18 years of married life, there is at least one document and one instance which shows that Shurbindo's Life remained a brahmachari's life. This is a very interesting, um, funny, humorous story. Naturally, Shubhinda was married and, you know, all the family members would play a prank. All the sisters of Mridlalni, the cousins, and Shubhinda wouldn't know what to say because half the time he didn't understand Bengali. And Mridlalni Devi would come to his rescue. Once when Shubhinda came to Kolkata, Mridlalni Devi and her father, Bhupal Babu, they came there. And Bhupal Babu left a message because Shubhinda was not there at that point of time. He said, tell him that I have come along with my daughter. <laughs> he doesn't say along with his wife. So they all are very happy that, you know, they're very happy that, you know, they have got an opportunity to meet together because Shubhinda was so busy. So they arranged that Shubhinda would go and have dinner there 
and he would stay. So they forced Shurabindu that you go and you don't come back till tomorrow morning. And the gates would be locked, everything. And they told even the person, don't open the gates to that extent. But in the morning, sure enough, early morning, Shurabindu sends message to those who were staying with him that, is the tea ready? Shall I come? So they asked Shurabindu, you didn't stay? He says, no, 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 I have explained everything to Mrilani, she would understand. Now what is it he would have explained? In one of his uh, conversations, he confesses. This is the only documented instance where Shubindu confesses to leading the life of a brahmachari. He shares with, I am forgetting the name of the person, but it came up in the one of the forums, Overman Foundation, they have done a good research on this, where someone asked, is it possible for a householder, for a married man to live the life of a brahmachari? And it's a very interesting question because people often confuse the two. They think that Unmarried is Brahmacharin. Brahmacharin has nothing to do with marriage or not marriage. It's a way of life. It's a one-pointed aspiration. So Shubhinda says, yes, of course. So the person asks, is there one single instance in history apart from Sri Ramakrishna? Shubhinda says, well, I lead the life of a Brahmachari. It's a casual conversation where it dropped from his you know, lips. I lead the life of a Brahmacharin. So though they were married, it went on, what a beautiful love. And then there are many, many incidents which are very, very touching. As we know that much of Shubhindu's money would go into helping others and she would always run short of money. And when she would ask him, he would say, what shall I do? People, the whole, whole of country is knocking at my doors. And then she and Shubhindu's sister, they would not get along well as is usual in you know most households and when they would have quarrels with each other Shubhinda would not intervene so once Mridnali Devi took a dharna literally that I am not going to cook if you don't at least reprimand your sister so Shubhinda says do you think human nature can be changed this way what a beautiful lesson for all of us do you think if I tell something to her or to you your nature will change or her nature will change Therefore, his only advice was endure, endure. And if you endure, things will change. He said, this is the fastest way. If you don't give responses to something like that, she will change. But if you give responses, get into a fight, into an argument, things will not change. They will become more and more hardened. So they went through all the interludes, ups and downs of their life. And when people would, obviously, there are always people in all ages to fill the years, as they say. They have no other job but to pass on all kinds of lies and create confusion. So when they would say things to Mrilali Devi and she would write to Sri Bindo, Bindo would simply say one thing, you know, you are very bully. <laughs> I don't find a proper equivalent. We can't use the word innocent. You are very bully. You easily listen to whatever people say because you are a very simple-hearted person. What a beautiful story. But then we know that toward the end, in fact, Niruddha writes very beautifully that their marriage was like Sati and Shiva. Sati and Shiva married each other. Shiva loved her in a very different way. Sati could never understand Shiva's love. And Sati loved Shiva in a very human way. But she was not ready for Shiva. And she has to leave her body. Something very similar happens. At last, Niruddha writes, 
that they arrived and shiva sent her the call saying my tapasya is fulfilled i have attained siddhi come be a help in my vast work 1918 shubindu sent a message to mrilalni devi so those who say that shubindu left mrilalni devi is outright wrong obviously he couldn't have come with her in 1910 okay i am going at god's adesh please come with me i mean conditions were difficult and dangerous he didn't know what's going to happen he didn't know whether he's going to earn another square meal or not if he would have brought milani devi with him it would have meant that he didn't love her he cared for her he knew that she will be much safer and much more comfortable with her parents or with her maternal uncle his maternal uncle rather than to share the dangerous life it's like the same thing like rama did not want sita to come with him to the forest because that would be uncaring unloving it's like asking her oh i am going please come and serve me cook a meal for me but shubindu is far from to even to say unselfish is to bring down what shubindu's love is so he doesn't bring her and he's engaged in a deep tapasya in 1918 he says i have attained siddhi so often a question is asked what is this siddhi because 1912 before the arya starts shubindu speaks about i can dwell almost for 18 hours a day in parbrahman on the other hand in 1920 he says i am beginning to rise in the first layers of the supermind so what is this siddhi in 1918 of course amal da has written in his own way but i have my own take on it it's very simple if we combine the two statements that before beginning to rise into the supramental layers he has completed all that is possible to attain within the realm of the human consciousness in its utmost heights peaks depths all the great realizations of the past all that the great rishis and avatars have brought towards sri aurobindo had completed it now he is ready to enter the supramind supermind directly and not receive it intuitively because when he writes in the arya he writes about the supramental consciousness just as the rishis wrote about the supramental consciousness from the intuitive plane he receives it from there he knows supermind exists he has seen it but he has not entered into it but 1920 he begins to enter into it or perhaps 1919 and perhaps with that the second world war first world war came to an end with that the arya came to an end and shubindu's own physical body began to undergo a transformation as is witnessed by Uh, ab purani when he comes and sees him and he sees his hair has become oily and he is almost on the verge of asking which hair oil do you apply sir but he ends up asking what has happened to you because he doesn't know what to say his skin has become fair all these changes came and shurbindo bypasses that question and says and what has happened to you because ab purani had probably shrunk in size or gained in size and he bypasses that question So at in 1918 he had finished all this. Now he has to climb further. So what a letter he writes. He writes to Mrilalni Devi, "Will you come and join my work and be my Shakti?" Something which he has written earlier also, and it's a happy moment. She gets ready. Bhupal Babu is very happy. They get all the clearance. Before that, they were not even getting a clearance to come to Pondicherry. But just as they are about to start. she is gripped by a viral fever influenza and during that phase in the delirium she remembers how the police had come and taken shurbindo it's a very frightening nightmare and eventually she leaves her body before even starting the journey so this is as far as the facts go
then some letters in between that exchange between shurminder and minalini we saw his deep heart of love it's something so beautiful that we can't resist sharing their number of letters but here is one shobindo writes in 1908 i have not written to you for a long time 1908 is after the nirvanic consciousness so this idea that nirvana means we become indifferent callous careless is not that it's a state where we rise beyond expectations and desires but not love love is the source love doesn't cease i have not written to you for a long time this is my eternal failing shobindo writes to milani devi this is my eternal failing if you do not pardon me out of your goodness what shall i do can we imagine the lord it reminds us of you know the famous jaydev's geet govindam where krishna goes to radha and says if you don't pardon me yes i couldn't come i had to come but i couldn't come i have come late but will you pardon me or rama you know crying for sita even though he is a brahma gyani he is a realized one he renunciate from now on i no longer am the master of my will he is trying to explain like a puppet i must go wherever god takes me it will be difficult for you to grasp the meaning of these words just now but it is necessary to keep you informed otherwise my movements may cause you sorrow and regret so he is apologizing that i can't help it i am moved by the divine afflictus but i must tell you this i would not tell you but if you don't know this you may suffer you may wonder why my husband is doing such crazy things suddenly going to chandanagar suddenly going to pondicherry why is not looking after the household as he should why is he not earning why is he not sending money etc etc so he says that you will suffer otherwise already i have done you many wrongs and it is but natural that this should have displeased you so he is understanding with a heart of compassion he is not saying you don't understand sadhana you have no idea how will you understand you are uneducated nothing he says it will cause you sorrow i have done lot of wrong to you so i don't want to add to it and you must pardon me because if you won't pardon what else can i do look at the beauty there are quite a few of such letters then there is another one there is a very interesting incident narrated about brilani uh, devi that she had a very sweet voice and of course she was very beautiful as we can see in the photograph and shy natured but very fond of children of course shubindo never had they never had their own child out of question um, about her song and her voice it has been narrated by uh, iladi who was dr satyabrat sen's mother and a neighbor to them so when she was in shillong how she would and there's quite a few interesting incidents another incidents is that she would go and pluck flowers and as i said it's been it was told to me that these she used to 
pluck the flowers from the same place where presently the center is. I have no clue about it. But she would pluck flowers, do puja. Most of the time when she was away from Shirbindo, especially during the last eight years, she would spend most, more and more time in following the directions of sadhana which Shirbindo had given her. He had given her certain directions since he was following them. And she would pluck flowers, do puja, spend her time in chanting, in meditation, in, in bhakti, and little bit whatever activities were required. So one day she was asked by someone that you seem to be very fond of flowers. She said, yes, but you know, uh, your brothers, that is referring to Shurabindo, very often I have had the scent of flowers from him. He would often smell of flowers. And this is confirmed by the mother herself that Shurabindo's body gave a lotus smell. And another incidence when sitting on peak of Shillong, which we have referred to earlier, she would, she and of course, uh, Shubindu's sister, they were looking down and she said, how beautiful is this city? And she said, you don't know your brother's heart. He carries a much more beautiful city in his heart because this is beauty and he has found the source of beauty. That is how she answered to her, that this is beauty manifested, but he has found the source of beauty. So all these very beautiful things that took place. Then there is another towards the end. In 1918, Mridalni came to Calcutta, probably from Ranchi, for some eye trouble and stayed with Girish Bose. When Sorin, Nolni Gupta and others were going to Bengal, sometime earlier, Sorin asked I shall meet Mridalni. What shall I tell her? Normally, you know, something, does he like to send, does he like to send a letter? Shubindo replied, I shall be glad if you can manage to bring her here. <laughs> what more <laughs> message could be given? He is not sending anything. He is simply saying, I shall be glad if you manage to bring her here. Life was hard in that time with great financial difficulties. But in spite of everything, Shurabindo wanted Midalni to join him. This was the reason basically. It was a very tough life. Living in Pondicherry, Shurabindo didn't know what is going to happen for the next meal. He writes that humorously to his sister that I know God will provide, but he has contracted a bad habit of providing me at the last moment. They didn't know sometime whether the next meal would be cooked or not cooked. So he didn't want obviously Mindalani Devi to be exposed to this kind of a... So how wrong messages we can get when we look at life very externally. Shivindo doesn't do that. His heart is full of compassion. It's, it's out of love that he says that. And very rightly, as Niroda says, that life was very difficult. Shivindo wanted Mindalani to join him despite this. When somebody told Shivindo... About the difficulty, he answered, eat less food. He also had a solution. Because when Milani Di will come, there will be an extra person to feed. So he doesn't say, don't worry, when she will come, she will also earn, she will participate in the household. He gives a very simple advice, we will share. This is how, you know, if it is less, we all will share. We all will take more cell less. We all will take maybe half a cup of milk less. You know, if this spirit we can have within the ashram, it will be so beautiful. 
that if there is less we all will share less and it can give such a joy there was a time during world war i believe that if somebody found vegetables in the dal it would be a exception it would be like floating in the dal mostly it would be watery and people ate ate it with lot of joy because it is a different feeling that we are all one we are sharing whatever is there within the family we are sharing not that i must get more and why must get more now for the sister's account at last arrived the year 1918 december she received the call from shirbindo saying my sadhana is over i have achieved my object siddhi i have a lot of work to do for the world personal siddhi was over you can come now and be my companion in this work this naturally made minalni and all others extremely happy but as we know that it was a short lived and she died before even starting the journey then comes a very touching of course we all know it but it's worth reading the full letter when this message comes to shirbindo the letter shirbindo writes to bhopal babu brilani devi's father his own father in law is something very interesting after mrilani's demise holds the key to the deeper mystery concealed behind his apparently futile marriage if you look at outside the unpredictable twist and turns of destiny of course there are deeper forces at play shobindu seems to have himself at one point of time orally spoken to someone that in krishna's dwapar yug shobindu was of course he was krishna but also born as krishna's grandson anirudh and he was married to marinalni as usha and this gathered some strength because shobindu has also written a play the abduction of princess usha and of course a very symbolic play and we know this story is a very fascinating story about the conversion of an asura where banasur her father is an asura and for him there is no place of love of this kind and they love each other aniruddha and usha and he doesn't want her to get married to yadukul because they are enemies sworn enemies he can't she can't love somebody who is enemy of her father because krishna was the only one who could challenge banasur's authority and yet aniruddh comes and abducts <laughs> abducts her so it's a whole story where krishna wages a battle and finally of course uh, banasur's all the arms are cut off and he realizes his folly so probably there is a deeper respect at play it is believed that she was an cursed goddess who has fallen to earth and shubindu's touch had redeemed her so this of course is the inner side of the story but look what shubindu writes to bhopal babu marilani devi's father my dear father in law 1918 it's not after shubindu has completed his siddhi he still knows that the law of the world with fullness so he writes my dear father in law i have not written to you with regard to the fatal event in both our lives words are useless in face of the feelings it has caused if even they can express our deepest emotions 
Shubhendu is saying, words fail. I don't know what to write to you. The tragedy which has struck you and me together. And then he writes something amazing. God has seen good to lay upon me the one sorrow that could still touch me to the center. Is this a ordinary love? Is this detachment? Is this abandonment? Is this indifference? It is love raised to the zenith degree. So when people say that, you know, Rama abandoned Sita, it's all frivolous talk. We cannot even fathom that love which transcends the limits of the physicality and yet is deep. So deep that Sri Aurobindo says, God has seen good to it to strike me with the one sorrow which could still touch me to the core. He doesn't, doesn't say sorrow which could still touch me, but a sorrow which could touch me to the core. He knows better than ourselves what is best for each of us. And now that the first sense of the irreparable has passed, I can bow with submission to his divine purpose. First sense. It takes him some time to collect, to get back to that poise. He says, now that the first sense has passed. And now comes something very remarkable. The physical tie between us is, as you say, severed. But the tie of affection subsists for me. So it's, it, this is love which doesn't die with the dying of the body. Long back, Sri writes a poem, Immortal Love, where he says that if I loved you for your face, my love will cease very soon. If I loved you for your sweet voice and good character, maybe it will go somewhere but it will stop. And then he ends by saying, but I have loved thee for myself indeed. I have not loved, I have loved you as myself. Time I exceed and am for change prepared. Whatever changes may come in you, whatever time, still I will continue to love you because I have loved you from the soul depths. This is the sense of that poem, Immortal Love and plenty of other poems. And then a very powerful sentence which moves me to the core. Where I have once loved, I do not cease from loving. What an ideal. Where I have once loved. Doesn't the mother say something very similar when she says, I hold myself responsible for each and every one. Even if I have seen them for a moment, even those who have turned away and gone away, even those who have turned hostile, I hold myself responsible for their destiny. Who can love like this? It's only the divine who can love like this. So even at a human level, he establishes an ideal. Where I have loved once, I cease not from loving. Besides, she who was the cause of it still is near, though not visible to her physical vision. So he says, and how can you cease loving? She is still near me. In fact, as Bhupal Babu himself recounts, when he came for Sri darshan, in 1930, he saw Mrilalni Devi in Shurabindu. And confirmed it and the mother confirmed it. She has come and she is in me. How are we to understand this mystery of the divine? On one side, he knows that her soul has come and is in me. On the other side, he suffers. 
he was not suffering for his suffering this is the egoistic suffering where we suffer oh i have lost somebody somebody who was feeding my ego or feeding me food somebody who was caring for me none of these things should have been the wanted he suffered with brilliantly suffering how much she has sacrificed for the sake of tapasya and sadhana vishwamindu undertake so that compassion that reaches out and he takes her into him and says she is still with me how can i stop loving anyways and my affection will never cease it is needless to say much about the matters of which you write in your letter i approve of everything that you propose whatever mrinali would have desired should be done and i have no doubt this is what she would have approved of i consent to the chudi's gold bangles being kept by her mother but i should be glad if you would send me two or three of her books especially if there are any in which her name is written we crave for the lord's name and signature and lord is craving can you send me a book of hers especially if her name is written there we know that those days people who bought the book they wrote their name her own handwriting can you please send me he is not wanting the gold bangles despite shobindo going through an extreme financial crisis at that point of time imagine those days let's put ourselves in that for for that mood of the moment and he could have easily asked for it it is a legal right he doesn't say ki give me the gold bangles he says no give it to her mother i fully approve of it this is what milanli would have wanted but send me two or three books especially with her name on it i have of her only her letters and a photograph he was carrying a photograph of milanli devi and some of her letters he had kept what happened to shurbindu's letters to milanli devi some we know have been they were confiscated by the police and some which were kept with others but a bulk of letters treasures diamond treasures have been lost because milani devi towards the end had somewhere come to know that she is going to leave the body and therefore she had told he made this will that after i die all these letters should be put in a box sealed and put in the ganges so those letters we have lost but shurbindo had kept her letters we don't know what happened subsequently to those letters and a photograph of her but he wants some books preferably with her name on it this is the ideal of love that shurbindo establishes he also shows to us to what extent love can go even human love but of course there comes a time when we have to transcend it so when but this transcendence is for a higher purpose when dilip kumar roy asked shurbindo that what kind of ashram people don't smile at each other <laughs> is it that we have to be daggers drawn he says no no who said all this and then he says love friendship affection tenderness are by their very nature psychic they are indispensable notes in the harmony to which we aspire but it is precisely because we hold these things sacred and do not want them to be broken at every moment that we want them to be founded on a surer basis on the basis of truth that is why he would discourage wherever he saw it just entering into a pure vital play 
feeding of emotions, feeding of ego, serving each other's selfish interest, he would say no. But wherever you saw there is a beauty of love, there is a sacredness of love, Shubhendra the mother would encourage it because it was not the outer but something deep inside. See how far it can take you and one realizes that one has to go still further because it's a human step. Human step is a step towards the divine and few can leap across because it often leads to a, either a calamitous fall or living in a glass bubble illusion. So Nalnida ends this account. It's a very long and very beautiful talk but of course we always have short of time. Shobindo has said somewhere that in the heart of the impersonal there is the person who if one can approach him is inexpressibly sweet and lovely or something to this effect. So behind the outer impersonality we see the person loving, beautiful, full of sweetness, love, delight. So let us not be too hasty in labeling and categorizing Shurbindo according to our fixed preconceived notions. Love was indeed the principal theme of his drama, narrative, poems, his epic Savitri and finds a crowning note in this passage where Savitri says and we'll end with these two passages from Savitri. This is a dominant theme, it's so true. In all of Sri plays, poetry, we see this love is the dominant note and all shades of love. If you just read the human side of love from Sri collected poems, at one point I was wanting to take them out because I thought uh, on my son's marriage I'll gift him. Uh, so I thought maybe, of course I had read collected poems long back and so I started taking, I saw there are 42 already. <laughs> I said it's impossible. <laughs> so I left the task and it's so difficult to pick and choose which one to pick and which one to leave because each one is a marvel. So it was 42 and still counting. <laughs> so after 42 pages and I had not yet taken Savitri. So I said no, no, I should, I think it's for some other time when you know one is ready. Perhaps it was not meant to be. So we end with this note from Savitri. Love must not cease to live upon the earth. For love is the bright link twixt earth and heaven. Love is the far transcendence angel here. Love is man's lean on the absolute. For love must soar beyond the very heavens and find its secret sense ineffable. So which love is he speaking about? That love also, Savitri says, that the love that I am speaking of is not a hunger of the flesh or a craving of emotions, want, I must get this, I must get that, otherwise I wouldn't love, but a love which is far beyond all these things. It must change its human ways to ways divine. Yet, keep its sovereignty of earthly bliss. We see, we see in Sri own life this example of this love which soars far beyond earth and heaven and brings some touch, redeeming touch of the glory from the inexpressible into his human life. Why did it not happen or arrive at success? 
there are so many ways we can look at it some of the ways as we have said but i compare it to the story of rama and sita earth is not ready for this love for whatever reason this love is denied still because destiny intervened shobindo still wanted so somewhere from the point of view of the divine it's possible it was possible but earth nature is not ready destiny would not grant this love cannot be it has to completely the whole earth has to be ready so we see in rama's life that sita has to be abandoned back into the forest she must grow separately and rama must grow separately in the kingdom so this love cannot be granted as of now but surely a day will come when this love will manifest upon earth because love is man's lean on the absolute so we'll stop here and have something next week <laughs>